Welcome to the Motherhood Village Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gonzalez-Cumberbatch, and I know firsthand that it takes a village to raise a child, but most importantly, that it takes a village to uplift a mother. A mother's village is necessary and can take up many forms. Consider this podcast as part of your motherhood village. No matter the season of motherhood you're in, every conversation will give you more tools to add to your parenting toolbox, and you'll feel supported, inspired, and uplifted. So let's get into an informative and empowering conversation. This week's episode of the Motherhood Village podcast is a very special episode. It's my first live podcast interview. I have a wonderful conversation with Raven Cruz, who's a motivational speaker and a fitness and wellness influencer based in Orlando, Florida. I drove to Orlando to interview Raven. Then she gave a wonderful motivational speech to the attendees. And then we jumped into networking, um, raffle prizes. There were vendors and it was just an awesome day. But it's my first live show, my first live podcast interview. And we talk all things motherhood, overcoming imposter syndrome, starting a business, having expectations and what that means and overcoming, you know, the expectation of what we thought motherhood would be like. And it's the complete opposite of what I thought it would be like and overcoming generational trauma. And yeah, and it's just an awesome conversation. It's a very special episode because it is my first live podcast interview. I've always wanted to do something live and I made it happen this year. So um, there was about 30 women in the room. We had awesome Q&A afterwards. Um, So yeah, so enjoy this very special episode, my first live podcast interview of the Motherhood Village podcast. Being a mom to a three-year-old and being mom to a teenager that's a bonus daughter. Well, one, I quickly learned that no two children are the same. And I only have one. I birthed one baby. I came into my bonus daughter's life, my daughter Juliet's life, when she was seven. She's 13, going on 14 now. So I've been around for the last few years. And watching my son grow into the little human he is and watching her grow into the little adult she is, I have definitely learned that you have to take everything. It's situational, not you can't set a tone and think it's going to carry forever or you have to take things one day at a time. And I also learned that being a mother is hard. And like you said earlier, you touched on it. We don't have enough resources. Mm-hmm. I know when I became a mom and I've spoken on it on your first and our first and second episode, what I thought I was going to expect as a mother and what, what I anticipated motherhood to look like was totally different than what I got. And it was, can you talk about what you thought it would be like? Because yeah. I want to touch on what I thought it would be like. So for sure, well, like you kind of mentioned too, like it. I was handling all these things. I was starting my own business. I felt like I have a lot of control over things around me for the most part. I work good under pressure, but for the most part, I, you know, have a lot of things under control. So having a baby, I really thought I just had it all figured out as far as it goes with what I wanted him growing up to look like, my parenting styles, all these different things. And I also realized that becoming a mom is when, you know, a lot of your unhealed stuff is going to resurface. I went through extreme healing transformation during my pregnancy where like it was dark, 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 dark days. And I was the happiest I've ever been. It was the weirdest feeling ever. And so, yeah, I just learned that we need more resources. We, you know, what we expect may not be what it can turn out to be, but there's always options. There's always ways for you to pivot and just to take it one day at a time. What, you know, 
I thought Jackson was going to be like this. I was like, I'm a perfect person. Like, like his body <laughs> perfect. Like, I mean, I figured things out. And yeah, no, he was not taking naps. He was staying up all night. I was trying to breastfeed. I was like, what is happening? What is happening? But it was, it was, it was, it was a good experience. And I would do it again every day with him and try again. And, you know, so yeah. Yeah, you touched upon, and my mom is here. And thank you to my family and friends that came from Fort Lauderdale to support. And that's another piece of it, because it is the village, right? So now people from Fort Lauderdale know people in Orlando and vice versa. Like, I don't I don't know. I just have this really big open mindset. I try and stay away from the scarcity mindset as much as possible. So I am just open to everything and trying to be as positive with everything. So thank you to my mom for being here. But yeah, we talk about unhealed things that oh, probably might get me. When you are becoming a mom, just makes you think of the triggers that you have without realizing. So we have a psychologist here. So I know, Sarah, you might see a couple of us have a little session here. But it's intense. It's intense. Who has been an integral part of your motherhood village? And say the who and the what. I always say that it takes a village to raise a child, and it does. But most importantly, it takes a village to uplift a mother. And that should be priority because I think once mama's taken care of, everything takes precedent after that. So yeah, so who and what has been a part of yours? So not to be like, you know, based on the situation, but you, to be honest, like from the very beginning, it's been like, I was, you know, you had the baby first out of the group of three of us. So, and then her sister had her beautiful daughter, Ava, and I was right behind. And we were all so similar in our, in what we wanted. wanted. (laughs) Right. We would all talk while we were pregnant and, you know, Dana and I were pregnant and we were just like, oh, it's going to be this. It's going to be that. We're going to do this. And, you know, I learned so much watching you and go through your journey with Jace and be so open. And one thing I can say about Nicole is she is shameless when it comes to saying what she needs. And I've learned that. (laughs) I've learned learned that you have to be that way, too. And and you have to be strong for yourself. So I felt like I learned a lot watching you with your baby boy and who he's become and how strong-willed of a person you are. Definitely my mom, too. It It was a lot of learning curves for my mom and I. So... My mom had her way of raising kids, you know. You know, my mom was like, I've had three. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. And I was like, "Mm, this is 2023. Things have changed dramatically since you've raised a kid. So a different generation. It is. There's different dynamics nowadays. We have a lot of things that are in the way that probably weren't in the way of our parenting capabilities back then. And I feel like, you know, being open with my mom, and not being afraid to also be firm in my parenting styles and explain to my mom why I'm choosing these things were definitely a very major, were a very transformative part of me becoming a mother because I wasn't a baby anymore and I had to like stand up for myself sure. and stand up for my parenting beliefs. And it was good conversations that I definitely felt like were great character development moments sure. for myself as a parent and then my mom as a grandmother. And I always go to you. I'm like, Nicole. I had help. <laughs> so what do we do? Like, so it's been it's been a, an amazing experience to not feel ashamed of my mistakes and my flaws as a parent. And I know I'm not perfect. And p- parts of my mom come out of me all the time. And you know, parts of who I want to be as a mom come out of me all the time. So I'm just in this limbo of just doing my best. Like you know, just trying. That's all, That's we, all we can do. And actually, you hit something on the head because. I, we come, I, because I have the podcast, I had like 150 conversations. So 
I talk to a lot of experts and sometimes I feel like it's almost a funnel. So when I do these things, when I have my support groups with the moms, I'm able to really say, hey, I, you know, you saying that triggered something when I had a best expert. So you saying that I actually just had a podcast episode that went out last week about setting boundaries and limits. And we talked about the generational because she's from Miami. She's from a tight knit Cuban Jewish family community. She was like that. We are expected to do things very like this. And we had a fantastic conversation of how to set those limits. But what I'm also realizing is that although it is different, I also look to my mom and that generation of saying, okay, instead of staying, staying firm and saying like, no, this is what it is now. How do we also, I guess, combine and come together? So one of the things I do do for myself so that there's peace and of understanding is I'm like, well, they did do it this way and we did survive. So how do we kind of bridge that gap of some of the things? So like you guys didn't, I know, wow, you had told me one day, like you were like all these things that like, you were under my arm and I had to vacuum you when I had to vacuum you. Now we have so many toys and attractions. Yeah, like a loaf of bread. And I'm like, and I would sit there and I'm like, okay, you know what? That's true. They did a lot more with less. So there is something to appreciate for that to do a lot more with less. It's a beautiful, it's beautiful. Right? So it's like, yes, we have, I think I think this generation has the overwhelm because there is a lot of choices. Too many options. Too many options. There's the mom groups, goodness, the mom groups of this, and everyone has an opinion and all the things, and it's, it's hard to compare, which I know you're going to talk about the authenticity, but it really does humble me when I say, well, if they did it a little bit less, I think we'll be okay, and it allows me to kind of step back. So that's kind of how I... I guess reflect it and put it in more of a like a like okay how do we bridge like absolutely and I and even with balance like my son is leaving on Monday to my mom's house for three weeks <laughs> my mom lives in Delaware and she's like listening to him on Facetime the other day and she's like did he just tell you no I said girl he's gonna be your problem when he gets there <laughs> he's at your house is your rules don't wait on me like let him get a taste of what I got a taste of growing up because it's I turned out just fine yes and I'm a firm believer in that as well like you know integrating these old school beliefs. Yes. as well as our new, new school reasoning and, and our new school intention because our I say it all the time, like people do the best with the resources they have, even Absolutely. our babies. They can only communicate with the resources that they have. Our, our parents can only teach from the resources that they have. And now we have an overwhelming amount of resources, yes. but sometimes we don't use them enough or we don't connect the dots. Or don't even know where to look. I think once you're a mom, you're like, listen, I don't want to have the capacity to think no more than this. I don't know about any of y'all, especially the young moms here. Like when my husband gives me like a to-do list, like, like 12 things, I'm like, I, I can't. Like put the thing together for me. Like my, I have a capacity for like my business, my son, myself, my marriage. I'm like, that's it. Everything else, like you have to like handle because it is, it's very overstimulating. It's, it's, it's just a lot, which is, I think, a lot of our generation has that maybe the older generation didn't have, and maybe whoever from the generation can speak on, you know, the ones with the older mamas, there's a few, which I love it. We have all ages and, and stuff here. Okay, so let's pick it a little bit. You're a wellness and influ fitness influencer, and I want to connect that to motherhood, too, because you've been in this space for how long? 11 years. Wow. So you were in this space before becoming a mom, way before. How did it shift from you becoming a, like, what was your mindset? Or I'm sure this is another question. How did it shift from you before becoming a mom 
and being in that space and what was kind of your, not your end game, but you saying, okay, this is what I want to do. And now you're a mom. And how has it flipped for you? So when I got into the fitness industry, I was very young and I, I like to tell people like I experienced an existential crisis at a very early age because I had originally had plans of joining the military. So well, I was in the military, I was in the Air Force, and I was discharged. So at the age of 19 years old, life pivoted for me. And I went through a really deep depression and understanding that like what I thought my life was going to look like completely changed. I had only been in for two years, and like I was like, what am I going to do now? Like This is all I know. Fitness was always a part of me. The military keeps that instilled in you. It keeps you active and stuff like that. So when I transitioned out of that and went through a dark depression. I found fitness. It saved my life. And from there, I just had this capacity of like, I still had that military mindset. So I started my fitness journey in like just teaching people to be very disciplined. And it's funny you bring this up because it makes me reflect on my type of clientele then versus now. Mm -hmm. And then I dealt with a lot of single women. I've dealt with a lot of women that didn't have kids or I would get a mom and I wouldn't be able to keep her. Because you didn't understand. I did. I'd be like, why do you have all these excuses? Like, why? Why? Why are you telling me all this stuff? And I'm like, you know, so those first early on years of my business and me exploring the fitness industry, like, I just, I, I didn't have as much grace for moms as I should have. My mom was a very no joke. Like, she did not, never let me see her sweat. Like, so I had that in me. The military had that in me. And then when I transitioned those first few years without a kid, before I even met my stepdaughter, I was just like, you know, either you want to feel good or you don't. Like, there's no excuses. There's like, I had no tolerance. It was all, right, I had no empathy. That is a great way to put it. I had no empathy because I was like, you either want it or you don't. And I still feel like that now, but with a lot more grace because I'm a mom now and my kid Lord, if y'all seen him in here earlier, those that were in here earlier, <laughs> the oh my God, he had like 30 rocks in his pocket and was pulling around on the floor. Like it was a hot mess. And as I transitioned, when I met my daughter, it sparked, I still hadn't had my son, obviously. So when I met my daughter, I had her for about three years and I started getting inspired of doing more mommy and me things. And I was like, oh, this is so cool to like work out with your kid. And like, it just kind of opened up a new horizon for me that I'd didn't have any experience in. So evolving into that, I was like, okay, now I can, I can see why people are stressed with kids. When I got pregnant with Jackson, I also thought I was going to turn into this like pregnancy fitfluencer. Like I was like, oh girl, I'm going to be kettlebelling. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Pregnancy hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, girl, I'm a yoga and sleep. Like that's all I did for yeah. like months. And um, I remember it's a committing for you. We talked about that on the second episode. Yeah. I was like, this is so crazy. And on top of that, my, what I originally, episode one, I got to go to a minute. Episode one, I had one birth plan. Episode two, we discussed what really happened. And I had an emergency C-section, a very traumatic birth. And I was so physically traumatized from the birth and what my husband went through, what I went through, what my baby went through that like, I could not eat. I didn't even think about working out. And I understood. Then it clicked that I was like, how, like, oh my God, how dare I? Like, how was I like telling these women with six month olds, like, you don't want it. Like, you just don't want it. Mm-hmm. Like, I had no empathy. And now I'm like here three months into, well, one, my son was born the week of the pandemic, the week of the panini. Jackson was born. <laughs> and literally life just changed. Things changed so much. The gyms were closed. Like what I thought I was going to be going back to life to do, all that had shifted. And 
having the, the C-section going into motherhood, I was like, I don't know my body. I don't know this person. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to do anything. I, I honestly almost thought I was going to be done with fitness. Like, it literally took wow. me for that type of ride. And that's my life. That's my passion. So pivoting into motherhood, I then realized, like, I see these videos of women working out in the gym and their baby strapped to their back and their babies in strollers. And I was just like, wow, like, this is going to be my life now. Mm-hmm. Like, and I... Three weeks in, I I mean, three months into training or three months into having a baby, I didn't start working out, but I started training again. I started training clients again, and I was at my sessions with my baby wrapped in the baby wrap, like breastfeeding in the middle of sessions, and I learned then that I was like, wow, this is, now my business is shifting. Now who I am is shifting. My business is shifting. Being at those sessions with my baby, I my clientele switched. Mm-hmm. I literally started training nothing but women with babies. Yeah. I would be holding three, three, two babies, one in the stroller, one in my arm. I'd have one client's baby mm-hmm. strapped to my back. Like, and then I realized that we have to not even, um, we have to be open more and allowing people to go through their changes and making it a safe space for them. So I pivoted how I shifted fitness and looked at it and the way I provided for my clientele. And I was like, you know what, this is the place where you could bring your baby because I don't want to hear that I lost myself or I'm depressed and it's been a year and I don't know my body anymore. My husband isn't looking at me. Like I was hearing all of these things and then starting to experience it that I was like, oh my God, like this is, this is crazy. So you were able to pivot and let me ask, how do you now, because you said you still kind of have that, not toughness, because I think there is still, listen, I had to look at myself in the mirror, my son will be six and I hadn't worked out. My family knows like I was pretty active before myself was born and I just couldn't do it. I joined your programs and I couldn't freaking do it. And I'm like, yo, what is my problem? And then I kept saying, I don't have the time. Time was a big one. I'm like, I'm starting the business. I don't have the time. And then finally I had to look in the mirror. I was like, girl, you're going to be 40 this year. Like, stop making excuses. And I was like, what time can you do it? And it hit me. It was like, I wish there was a 5 a.m. class. In my mind thinking, okay. Sure enough on Facebook, my little mama has a 5 a.m. class. And I looked up and I was like, God, there you go. <laughs> and oh, you know, they say, be careful what you wish for. Absolutely. So in the past... Since the end of February, I've been going 5 a.m. twice a week. We made it to three days a week. I still know, thank you. I'm still nowhere near where I wanted to go, but I needed that. I needed that outlet and I needed that push because I kept saying I can't do it. So my question with all that is now how do you motivate moms? Because there was no one in, I had to like kind of look at myself and have that talk. How do you talk with moms now when they're like, but Raven, I don't have time. But Raven, I can't do it. But Raven this, but, but, but how do you now kind of shift the mindset? Well, now I, yeah, for sure. Now I definitely feel like I've created kind of a a bounce back plan for moms. So I, what I do now is I kind of speak with moms that are dependent and it doesn't matter the age of the baby. I'm very big on that too. Like your baby could be five years old. That doesn't mean it's too late for you to start working on getting your strength back and working on your body and, and, and taking care of yourself. And what I really want, what my new clients, my mother, my mom clients to know is like, it's not about trying to, you know, look your best or it's about feeling. It's about what the exercise makes you feel, what the, what the commitment to doing something for yourself makes you feel. So I like to work with my clients and figure out what are their pain points when it comes to training? Like what you're, you know, you don't have time. Okay. When, when is the baby's that time then? When is the best time that the baby's in the best mood? Like you can bring your baby. We, we try to find things to make it excuse proof. So that's what I try to like prioritize now is making things bulletproof and excuse proof. So people can realize that it doesn't matter if you live on the other side of town or if it doesn't matter if you're a stay at home mom, or if you don't have childcare, 
we can make it work for you because that's what we need. We need more tailored things sure. to us instead of feeling like, oh my God, I got to do this 5 a.m. class and I can't bring my kid and my, my husband has to go to work. And there's so many things because now when you start thinking about that, you're like, well, now I got to be back by a certain time. I'm not going to make it. There's no point in going. The list will just grow. Yes. So now I just try to create a bulletproof plan with my clients and just, you know, ask them like individualized, individualized, yeah. right. Tailored to them. What it is that you struggle with? What is it that you want to work on? If it's just being active, then that's different than losing weight, right? It's not about how much weight can you lose as quickly as possible. I have a lot of you know, breastfeeding moms, they can't take calorie cuts. They're nursing. Like, mm. so everything has to be tailored to the person. But those were experiences that I didn't understand until I became a mom. Sure. So six years in, then I was like, wow, this is, this is what, yeah, time is changing. I pivoted and, and I was able to, to grow like that. I love Amazing. it. So being a wellness and fitness influencer, I know is no easy feat. It can't be because you have to, I'm sure, always think of how, I think about that when I think of you, like, I think of like, well, wow, you always got to kind of be on, don't you? All the time. So, all the time. So speak on that though. Like how if it affects your mental health and how do you hope to inspire and empower your community? So, well, one, I also, in addition to running my personal training company, I work for the number one women's fitness app, Queen Warrior. So it is a online virtual training app that caters to over 30,000 women. So not in addition, not only am I on live and catering to my clients, but then we go on and we perform in front of, yeah. uh, you know, third, a community of all these women. And it's, it doesn't matter the bad day you're having. It really doesn't. You have to put on the show. You have, you, you have to show up for these women no matter what. And on the days where I feel like I can't show up for myself, it's, 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 it's hard. It affects my mental health in a good way because it definitely opens I'm a very compassionate person. I'm a very open person. I love to hear people's stories. And I feel like being in this space and being able to turn on at any time, right, is makes me stronger as an individual in my in my craft. That also, it can be draining, but not. It almost charges my battery sometimes. Like, well, let me take that back. After a few days, my battery is dead. <laughs> but in essence, when I do, you know, speaking at things like this or being in a community of women and being able to speak and, and speak my truth and, you know, motivate women, it, it does charge me up inside. I definitely feel like I'm one of those people that get charged up in environments and I just really love what I do. But as far as it goes with anyone, you know, taking on the energy of so many people and, you know, my clients, I have some of my clients in here now, they'll tell you like our, our gym sessions are therapy sessions. Like sometimes we work out, sometimes we're sitting on the ground crying and sometimes it's like that. But, you know, providing that community and that sisterhood, like Raven, I'm having a bad day and I'm just like, you need a hug. And then the tears flow. And I'm just like, do you want to work out or do you want to talk? And they're like, let's sit and just talk. And I'm like, you have to create that space and, and be able to do that. But can I ask who then that space for you? <laughs> and, and, you know, like, this is a safe space. Like, how do you, what is your outlet for yourself? Well, my best friend's in the house, so I call her for all of my problems. <laughs> She's definitely <laughs> like, it's smooth. It's the free therapist over here. My mom, I would say, my best friend, my try to vent but I also struggle with it I'm also the strong friend out of a lot of my situations I know the feeling yeah. so sometimes I'm like nobody wants to hear my stuff you know like it's like you gotta pull it together for other people and my friends was like I'll like vent for five minutes and I'm like all right I'm done you want to go out a drink you feel like you're and it'll probably make me emotional too because you almost feel like you're like well I know you're going through that so 
Yeah. And, and, and I, I struggle with having to tell people like, I'm not in the capacity today. Like that, a friend of mine taught me that a long time. She was like, you have to honor saying, no, I don't have the space right now. Can we schedule time to make the space? That was something I didn't understand the boundary aspect. And because you're taking it on from everyone and you're like, listen, I'm having a bad day, but when they're always coming to you, you're like, how do I say I can't when you're like, sure, absolutely. And then you get off and you're like, what did I just do? What do I just do? <laughs> no, I have my shit and their shit. And then you're trying to. And then your kid comes home and your husband comes home. And it's like, and they don't care about any of the stuff that happened before that day. Like you have to, it, it's these moments. And it's like, they're very trying. They're very testing. I want to personally, something that I'm intentionally working on is getting better at, 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 at speaking for myself and not just hoarding all the emotions and energy that I take off of people because I feel like I'm strong enough because I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. not. And I don't think we say that enough either. Sure. Like I, I, I seen a, a clip the other day of Mary J. Blige uh, saying, she was like, you know, strong is being able to say no and being vulnerable. Strong is also being able to say, I can't do this right now. Yeah. I don't have the space. That is strong. It's not just taking as much as you can. No one wants to sit on the mat and get beat up and stomped on all day and then just not be cared for later. So I'm working on that personally as well. And I think sometimes, and I know we have the psychologists here, but I'm sure, I know sometimes we don't give people the benefit of the doubt that we think we want to be the people pleaser. We don't want to walk the phone. We don't want to openly communicate and say, I can't right now, but can you, when more times than not, when I have, most people are like, oh, okay, no problem. And I'm like, oh. That was easy. I think we have this like idea that it's going to be this like major confrontation. It's like, honey, just speak from it. And it's also in how we say it, how we're open. And it's like, no, I can't right now. But like you said, like, I can't right now. But girl, that's kind of like you have to. And like I said, I just don't think we give people the benefit of the doubt because we automatically assume Mm -hmm. that we're, you know, what's the word when you're disappointing them or making them upset. That it's going to be this grand thing. And most of the time it's not. I I used to do it more with my husband. Now, I mean, we have great communication, mainly from my part. But in the the beginning, I would say that, especially to leave with how many of you have troubles leaving your children with your partner? I did at the beginning. I didn't know nothing. Like, you don't want to leave. You feel guilty. And I know there'll be times I'd be there for like, I'm like, oh my God, but Jason's been with this song. And then I have Nicole, I call her Ricky G's that slaps me on the other side. Like, girl, that is his child. Right. Right. Just, just, just as much time. There should be no, like, I've been with him for five hours. He, there's no competition. We need to be with him as far as you need to be with him because I need to be out. Absolutely. I have to get to that point and I'm there. I'm Absolutely. There. Yeah, and, and you have to get there and be <laughs> guilt-free about it. Like, I said, and, and right, we'll eat at ourselves doing that. Like, be putting ourselves in these positions where we're the only one that can do something. You'll you'll literally deteriorate oh, yes. yourself. Yes. And I did that for the first few months. And, like, you know, I was with Jackson. I was like, there's no way. He's like, I had a kid. And I'm like, you didn't have this one. Like, you didn't. <laughs> you don't know what I know in these only 60 days of being a mother. Like, because they, they've been with us and I think again we don't talk about that there is a this back again from my podcast and she said there is a physical transformation that happens when our mother has a child physically so there was reasons why some have separation anxiety when he was first born not as much anymore but my mom can attest I couldn't leave him the thoughts like, oh my god what if something happens never had anxiety before in my life never yeah. knew what that was and all of a sudden I'm getting these things and 
highly like neurotic, you know, and it's a physical thing. It is. Some have it more than others. Some don't. And maybe their experience, they have something else. But it's hard. A transformative right. physiological experience. It is. It is. I want to pivot to, because I know you're going to speak, and I want to, there's a lot of entrepreneurs here. We have vendors. We have other women. I want to talk on some of the trials and tribulations of being an entrepreneur, if you want to speak on that. Absolutely. And if you can offer any advice to any of the solopreneurs, entrepreneurs here, how to scale their business. How, what have you learned in this, I mean, 10 years? And I know you're growing. You have your show. You have a lot of things that has diverse, diversified with everything. And I'm so proud of you. Yeah. What are some tips, tricks, and kind of things that you've learned along the way? As far as it goes with trials and tribulations with my business, one, I feel like I'm still growing as a person and developing and, and, and my desires and interests are constantly evolving and training. I have changing. I feel like the more that I heal, the more things pivot for me as well. What I thought worked then doesn't work now. I have a lot more intention with things, a lot more grace, like I mentioned. And when it comes to entrepreneurship, I feel like when you always have to be ready. Like I feel like I tell people all the time, if you really are serious about what it is that you want to do, you have to stay ready. If someone calls you and says, you're the person I thought of when this, 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 I'm a connect the dots for people. If you tell me you do something, you only got to tell me once, <laughs> I'm going to use it. And I'm going to tell everyone about what you do. Yes. And that's just, I, I love to plug people in. So stay ready. Um, that's my first oh, I love thing. That. Stay ready. Just so stay sure. ready. Just yes. be ready. Yes. Stay ready to present yourself. Stay ready to speak. Stay ready to sell yourself. If this is what your business, whatever it is, if it's a product or if it's a service or, you know, a style of something, stay ready. Um, another thing that I would definitely point out would be, you know, things aren't always going to work out. So outside of staying ready, be a little bit more lax with expectation because, we think we want things to go A, B, C, D. This just like it's, motherhood. It's go, right. It's just like motherhood. It's going to go this way. I know it. And yes, we can manifest things. And yes, we can set the intention for things to flow. However, life happens. And with being staying ready, you have to be ready to pivot and understand that it's not a failure. It's a lesson forward. And I think that's super big. A lot of people look at the expectations they set within their business. And if it doesn't go right or if they don't, you know, you go to an event and you don't sell as much as you thought. It, so true. Yes. You know, you're, you're almost like, wow, I failed. Like, why am I doing this? Like, it, it is a, it's definitely an eye-opening moment. But like I tell people that meet me now in this part of my business and journey, they're like, wow, how did you do it? I'm like, we're going to do for 11 years, girl. <laughs> like 11 years in the making of rebranding, relearning, yes. certifications, changing things, selling things and then not selling them anymore. Yes. Like, you know, it's always pivotal. It's it's so much change happening and, and be prepared to, one, stay educated with what it is that your craft is, um, whatever it is that you're aligning with. And two, make sure that when you put yourself out there. You put yourself out there with intention. You let people know that this is what I do. This is who I am. Like, don't allow it to become your identity, but it is your identity. When people think of me, they think of the fitness the girl, right? That you are developing your brand always. So every opportunity to plug yourself in, don't be ashamed. Like people are waiting to hear what it is that you do or what you offer. And that is what, you know, we need more of in community is just it, it helping each other out. And I definitely felt like I was alone in a lot of my entrepreneurship. Like I did free boot camps for years. I was out here in the field, like, you know, trying to do all these things to grow and some things worked, some things didn't. Sure. So I just made peace with what did and what didn't and just figured out how to master it and move on. 
I love that. And being open, I think it sounds like a lot of that. My husband, he kind of, because again, type A, and he knew like kind of the kind of, he was like, listen, I know you think your business is going to be like this. He's like, but kind of be open to know like it could be here, it could be there, it could be wherever. Like, no, like it's a podcast and this. And now look, you know, two years later, I have the live show, the summit, that's my annual signature event and all these things that I never would have dreamed of. But in trying to talk to these women and saying, okay, well, what is the problem you have? Oh, well, I wish I had a support group when my, okay, well, now we have three support groups. It's understanding what the problem is and trying to find a solution for it, pivoting, being open. And I love how you said, understanding that you might not sell so many things. And I, I think a lot of times business owners get, like we get discouraged Right in the beginning, I remember when I first started. Remember when I did the happy hours? I wanted to do the mom happy hours, and I did like one or two, and it was just like my parents and my friends. And I was like, "This isn't going anywhere," and I stopped. But then Gretchen from Mom Premier started doing them, and I went to like her fourth or fifth one, and she had like 25, 30 women. And I'm like, "How did you get so many women?" She's like, "Girl, the first few I had five people, I had six people, but I was just consistent." And I'm like, son of a gun. And, I never, and that was that was early on when I did this. So it was early. And I, I made a quick thing. I was like, I'll never do that again. Five people come, ten people come. Like, you have to just do it. You cannot let the fear stop you. Because I'm like, what if someone comes? We had people that registered. They did not, like, you have this fear, but you, you can't let that stop you. Just out of forward. And I had said that. Gretchen was the one. Because I'm like, wait, you have so many. She's like, girl, in the beginning, we had nobody. But I was consistent and people show up, people show up. So I love that. What about social media? So a lot of times, so I'm in a mastermind group called Inner Power Partners with Lynn, Jessalyn, and Dina. And we have these group discussions and social media comes up sometimes of like how to run the business, how are we, what can we speak on that of social media and conquering the beast. It is an overwhelming space. Social yeah. media <laughs> is overwhelming. I actually did a speaking engagement on Wednesday, and it was all about, it was a social rush oh, mixer. Okay. And it was about people in the entrepreneurial space on social media. And it is, like you said, it's the beast. Social media is a beast. And if you master it, like, you are special. Did you ever master? No, is it I, a constant? It's a constant evolution. I don't feel like I'm a master of social media at all, but I do feel like I have created and this is going to kind of spill into what I have to say later. Based on my brand and the brand that I developed, I found things that worked for me. And I realized that at the same pace that I grow, I lose. And Ooh, I love that. People don't realize that. Like sometimes we're so caught up on numbers and what we see on insights and this yes. and this. And it's like, I gained 50 followers, but where did the other 13 go? Like yes. as many as you will gain, you will lose just as fast. And you have to be okay with that because you're not everyone's type. And that's totally okay. And I think as we get more firm in who we are we are okay with like knowing that certain crowds aren't for us and stuff like that so when you're pivoting on social media when you're growing on social media the hashtags you use the communities that you start to follow the people you start to engage with on social media some of them will be receptive and some of them won't be i write on people that i would look up to, i would say that i look up to on social media and i don't get a comment back and i'm like wow <laughs> Wow! Like, I like it a lot. <laughs> and they're not like yeah, and they and they just not even paying me a lick of attention. So it's like you know you have to one not be intimidated by how open the space is because it is overwhelming. But people will find you if they connect with you and align with you, and that's what's huge. Yes, is people aligning with you and not 
trying to put yourself in spaces that you don't fit in. Yes. With social media as well, you know, as it's con- consistently changing and always evolving, I would have to say, and I'm not the best at it, so I'm speaking from a, a learning student standpoint as well. Consistency is key. I'm sure y'all hear it all the time. Yes. Post, 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 post. I get so overwhelmed with social media. I won't post for two weeks. Nothing. Yeah. I cannot. Like I'm grossed out by social media. I'm like, and it's typically when I'm waking up and turning my social media on first thing in the morning where I'm like, oh my God, I seen five bad stories before 7 a.m. Like I'm there with the the, the app for the yeah. week. Yeah. So paying attention to what it is that you feed into your brand, paying attention to what you put out there. Consistency is going to be key. Networking. When I first started in this space, I would go to networking events and not speak to anybody. And I can talk. Like I could talk and I would go to these spaces and be like, because I would feel underqualified in these spaces. I would imposter syndrome. Yes. Imposter syndrome would kick off. And my speaking engagement on Wednesday, I I was, I was like briefly telling you and some of you guys, I was on stage with an e-commerce panel and what I thought I built such an amazing brand. I get up there and the the girl next to me is 26 years old and she $12.2 million in sales last year. Jeez. $12.2 $12.2 million in sales at 2016. And you came on stage and I'm ready to talk about it. I was so ready. And I was like, girl, what? <laughs> I was like, wow. And it was so, you know, the imposter syndrome slapped me in the face. I was like, I didn't know. I should not be up here right now. Like, but then I was like, well, I did build a successful brand. I have 50,000 followers. I have people that travel the country to see me. Yes. So I had to not let what I seen on the insights affect what I thought was my impact. Yes. Because your impact is not based on the numbers that you're seeing online. And we have to... I know that. We, I told you this. I had one of my clients, she had like 700 followers. That girl was getting $20,000 clients for like six-month retainers. And I'm like, and you only have 700 followers? Immediately, I was like, yeah, numbers do not always equal success. Now, I think it also matters the business that you're in. True. And you're in the business of selling, I don't know, the Amazon influencers. Mm-hmm. That's a different thing. Mm-hmm. But you can still be a successful business and not have the, the numbers. 100%. Yeah. I meet people all the time that have like 40, you know, like yeah, 400 followers, 300 yeah. followers, and they have these seven, eight-figure companies that have establishments, brick and mortars, you yes. know, all these things. And I'm like, you, you can't get lost in the sauce on in social media because it could be a very discouraging place and it could be a very minimizing place where it makes you feel very small but you cannot forget what your purpose and your passion is and how big you truly are in your impact on your people i love it you're going to speak i'm going to give you some time and then we'll jump into the session so raven groups everyone First of all, I want to thank Mickey so much for having me today. This is such a beautiful event that she put together. I've been watching her grow this brand for the last few years since I've become a mom. And we kind of like bounce ideas off of each other. And it's just been a really healthy entrepreneurial space between us, including, you know, the motherhood. So thank you for coming here and making me your first stop. I'm truly honored. What I did want to talk to you guys uh, briefly about today would be kind of like I said earlier about building your brand and establishing who you are and just your authenticity, because we're in a place where, you know, social media is taking over, you know, there's all these apps, there's all these ways that people are projecting themselves to be right. People can make themselves look however they want online, but when you meet someone in in person, sometimes I've met a couple idols where I'm like, they are not 
That was not what I thought. Right. You hold people up here and, and, you know, you meet them and it's different or your expectations weren't met. But all in all, it's about when you become in those situations where you meet people and, and you've put, put yourself out there online to be this person and stuff, whatever it is that you're putting yourself out there to be, make sure it aligns with who you are. So that way, when you do meet people, it's not a, well, that's weird. Like I just, you know, you, their expectations shift. Be truly authentic in what it is that you want to do and, and who you want to be outlined. We, we are able to create this profile, this persona, whatever it is. And too often, I feel like people are getting lost in what people want to see and not what they want to put out. And that's where we lose ourselves. That's when we find out that we don't truly like what we do or we start to build resentment against the hobbies that we pick up or the passions that we pick up. And you'll find yourself like, I don't want to do this anymore. I brought it up like halfway through my fitness career. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I don't want to do this anymore. This is becoming too much. But I realized that I do love fitness. I do love helping people. I love sharing my story. I love being with women. I love being in a space of healing and talking about the things that I've gone to. And I'm very shameless with it. And I feel like I've been able to reach more of an impact with being authentic to who I am. You know, I'm, I'm definitely someone you can ask and I'll tell you everything about me in like the first five minutes. And then I'm just sitting there naked, like I'm nothing else. Like, I told you all my business. You know, that's who I am. And I'm not afraid of that being who I am. And I feel like that being who I am has landed me, you know, this new pivot in my career of speaking at engagements. And the last few years I've spoken at a few conferences and wellness events and just really showing people how to integrate taking care of yourself and feeling good, but longevity in life. My goal with what I do and my mission and purpose is to teach people how to live long, happy lives, not to look sexy, not to have a big bud and to, to look snap. Like I want you to feel your best at whatever it is that you do. And at any age of life, like I have clients all the way up to 55 years old. I have clients as young as 19 years old. And, and I only train women for this reason. I don't train men at all. And in every woman, any age, every era, mom, not career, stay at home, everyone as women, we all go through the same things. And it's who am I? What is it that I do? What, what, what do I offer to people? And sometimes we're only known for the last thing that we did for somebody. And I don't think that as women, we get enough credit sometimes. And yes, our husbands are like, oh, you're so amazing. Like, I'm so grateful for you. I know because this would not be what it is without, without me. But, you know, we also have to realize that like, me and my best friend are speaking on it recently. Sometimes people's last impression of you will be all they know of you. That could be 10 years ago. And you could have been a totally different person. And you're allowed to evolve. You're allowed to grow. You're allowed to change who you are. You're allowed to become a different person. Who I was 10 years ago when I started my fitness industry, fitness brand and company is not. And I am so ashamed of that girl. But it was a part of my journey. And I was open about my changes. I was open about my growth. I was open about who I was becoming and, and not being ashamed of saying, yeah, I said that then, but I do not feel like that now. Like, I'm so sorry I said that. That was ignorant. Like, you know, you, you change and it's about taking accountability and standing in who you are and knowing that your outreach is going to be only as connected to you as you are connected with yourself. You want to build a strong outreach, be strong in who you are, be honest about who you are. You're going to build a lot of false connections and a lot of empty relationships if you're not standing in your own power and in your own truth. So, Whatever that is, whatever 
that leads you to do, whether it's, you know, starting a hobby or, and this isn't just for the entrepreneurial space. Cause some people are like, well, I don't want to start a business. I'm not, I never encourage people to start a business. It's hard. <laughs> I will never tell you to quit your job and start a business. Don't do it. I don't recommend it. It is ghetto over here, <laughs> but it is truly, you know, whatever it is that it you, you are being called to do in life, whatever you are, it is that you are being called to align with. Be proud of that. Be proud of the community you built. I made some of the best friends in my life when I turned 29 and 20 and 30. People that I've been friends with for 15 years that we just don't align anymore. And it's not that we can't be friends or we can't connect, but our journeys has taken us in separate ways because I am being authentic to who I am and not to who you wanted me to be, the girl that used to go partying and doing these things. Like evolution is key. Evolution is inevitable. We have to continue to evolve with ourselves. And it's okay to change your circle. It's okay to change what you believe in, but stand in it, stand in it, be strong in it, be confident in it. You know, I never in a million years thought I would be at a motherhood mixer. Like that wasn't, I was like, there's no music, there's no motherhood. Like, you know, and now I'm like, this is the place that I choose to be. And this is where I would want to be in. This is where I feel safe and comfortable now. Whereas, you know, my insecurities then wouldn't bring me to a place like this. And my desire to fulfill people's expectations of me wouldn't bring me to a place like this. My desire to people please and be out all night because someone invited me somewhere when I know I had something to do in the morning would not get me to the place that I need to be because that was people pleasing and not being authentic to myself. So definitely stand true in who you are. Stepping into your power is something you can do at every age. I tell people every birthday, a new raven is born, child. A new raven is here. A new raven is unlocked. And it doesn't matter how old you are, how many kids you've had, how many kids you done sent off to college already. Like, it does not matter. We as women are, are flowers. We are constantly blossoming. We are always blossoming. We are always producing. We are, that's who we are. And it doesn't matter if your kids are all grown. It doesn't matter if you don't have any kids yet. It doesn't matter if you don't know what your career is yet or where you're going to end up in the next 10 years. Never stop feeding your garden. Never stop fueling yourself. Self-development, taking time for yourself, resting, you know, reading, sitting outside and doing absolutely nothing, doing the things that fill your cup up and be genuine about it. Be, be serious about it. When I go into my little self-care routine. My kid can't even take me out of it. He is non-existent. I am in my bubble. Like, and we have to do those things that make us feel good so we can be the best version of these, this women that, the women that we are. Nothing runs without us. The household don't run without us. The workplace doesn't run without us. All you see in the grocery stores, women, like we are calling the shots and we have to make sure that we have to keep our garden fed, our garden watered. You know, we can't let people pick from us that don't belong around us. You have to protect your space. You have to protect your energy, protect the community that you're building and step into your power. Always like be confident in what it is that you want to do. Be confident in your friendships, be confident in what you bring to the table. Sometimes we get in groups of people where we feel muted. We feel minimized because we're like, I can't really relate or like, I don't, I'm not an entrepreneur or I'm not a mom. But your opinion, your insight always matters. It always, we need that additional perspective. My friends know I'm devil's advocate. I'm a Gemini. I see both sides always. I see the good, I see the bad, and I'm going to test you on both, right? So if you come to me with a problem, best believe we're going to have a conversation and I'm going to 
tell you what I think and I'm going to tell you what maybe the other person thinks. And it's not that I'm not choosing, but, you know, we need to have these hard conversations within community. We need to be able to test each other to build strong relationships and to build trustworthy relationships. I want to build connections with people that I can call and say, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's next. I, I'm in this pickle and I, I, I have no idea where to move through. I want to be able to call those people that I develop these relationships with that I'm like, you know what? I know she may not tell me what I want to hear, but she's going to tell me what I need to hear. And she's a good out. She's a good resource. She's a good person to reach out to. So, you know, I encourage you while you are here today, whether you're from Orlando or you're not, make friends, to meet other women in this room, because some of us are mothers, some of us are not, some of us are growing, some of us feel like we're in a very secure place, but we all truly need each other, and we were all in this place because we aligned with what we've seen online, we aligned with the flyer, we aligned with what it calls us, right? So be intentional while you're here, meet women, connect. We have incredible vendors in the house that are here to help, that that their purpose in life is to give, and and that's what I, I'm, I'm, I'm just so grateful to be, I'm trying to get on the show. I'm so grateful to be here and I'm so honored to, to, to have this opportunity because I can't, I can't believe this is where my, my journey has, has led me to. And it's, it's such a, an amazing experience and, and I'm just super grateful to be here. So thank you, Nicole. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to this impactful episode of the Motherhood Village podcast. Subscribe to my show so you'll never miss a future episode. You may also rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with someone that can use it as part of their motherhood village. Remember, your village can take up many forms and you do not have to do it alone. Connect with me at themotherhoodvillage.com. Blessings to you for love and light.